This is Family Electric Ghost, and this is our continuing series of song deconstructions. We're talking about a song called You Must Be Crazy If You Think I'm Gonna Come Crawling Back to You. And uh, like we've said before, you know, we are an electronic band. I say we because I create characters such as Josephine Electric and Stephanie and the Phantom uh, using vocoders. And I'm basically a one person band. Uh, somewhat inspired by the gorillas, uh, but I come from this different focus of uh, having phantasms or ghosts being the primary characters that I create, somewhat to, similar to what Damon Albarn does with the uh, 2D and all the characters in the gorillas. I, I, but I pretty much am every one of those characters, and uh, in in Phantom like a ghost. And one of the styles that we like to do for recording is we do Facebook Live events, live shows using a go mixer uh, in our iPhone on a tripod. And then we uh, hook it directly to our mixer on our, our workflow, which has real analog and digital sense. And we record a live show. It sometimes goes, you know, 30 minutes to an hour. And um, in some cases we go take the, the feed from that and do overdubs or remix it, remaster it and create songs. This particular song was from a live jam on Facebook a couple months ago, and uh, we put it out there on Spotify and iTunes and Tidal and everywhere else. It's done pretty well. It is somewhat of a long track, but it was uh, basically capturing, uh, you know, the vibe of, of that night was to kind of do a song that's like, you know, I, you've done me wrong type of song, and have Josephine basically talking about how she's never going to go back to this person that basically kind of ripped her heart apart. And uh, it just is, you know, a typical romance song like that. But it's using, you know, the hardware workflow, you know, focusing with the with the modes I have, the, the Mother 32 and the DFAM. And it just felt... Um, really good and for some reason i was able to just like sometimes i have a complete thought when i'm when i'm playing live and i'm able to actually you know do a pretty good take on a song sometimes i go back and i try to restructure it but this particular song i i really liked it so much i kind of pretty much kept it as is it just got remastered and remixed and so it's a total live performance and, was, and how i do it is uh you know i'm using the drummer for another mother i'm using JDXI and the master control for for a lot of the things is the Arturia Beatstep Pro that I'm able to control like up to three devices with that. And in addition, I have you know the DFAM, which I can kind of control through its filters and switching between oscillators and switching on the filter and the, the envelope generator. I can just play with that and, and do a lot of variation. Uh, I, I just am able to kind of use the analog instruments since they're in front of me. And when I'm recording live or going to a, to a, a digital audio workstation, I'm able to, you know, play on the fly. And so it allows me to, to be a one person band because of the setup I have. Uh, and a lot of times, you know, there's some things that I do prep for a show. I'll have a lot of beats that I built. With their Beatstep Pro, I'll have some things I 
preset on the Moog Mother 32 and my System 1M since there was a lot of things I'll do and there's a lot of pre-work I do to have tone set up to, you know, have have an idea what I'm going to do. Um, you know, I might rehearse prior to the show and have a general concept, but sometimes I've gone cold into it. In this particular one, I pretty much went cold into it other than I, I came up with the idea for the lyrics and kind of wrote it down, reviewed it for a little bit, and then just went with what my gut feel was once I uh, started running my my um, my rhythm section. And a lot of times I do polyrhythmic uh, rhythm sections by using the DFAM to create kind of like a click track with an analog drum beat that's somewhat simple. And then I use the more complex drums coming from the Arturi Beats Step Pro. And I use a, a JDXI that has a lot of drum machines both in it. It has like a has the 808, the 909, 727, bunch of different drums um, inside of it. And then if you use the Arturia Beats the Pro, you're able to extend the, the the length of the drum pattern. If you use the JDXI natively, you only have like a four bar drum pattern that you can use. Uh, but when you extend it to a Beats that Pro, you have the ability to do chain patterns that are relatively complex and could be a lot longer um significantly longer uh, because you can take multiple patterns that might have like the 16 steps in them and then have like you know eight of them and, then, and if you keep on rotating with um the order because what's really cool with the arterial beat step pro in the middle of a performance you can change the order in which the patterns happen you can just hold a shift button and start bouncing around and so what that does is create some variability to the drums and if you're a one-person band, it's pretty cool that you can actually do that. And you can always override and play the drums on the JD itself itself through the keyboard. Uh, you can, I can play it through the pads on the BeatStep Pro. I can actually, you know, play the pads on my Arturia Mini Brute 2S. And the Mini Brute 2S has a lot of capabilities as a as a, a drum machine. The 2S is the version without the keyboard, and the pads and the sequencer are very powerful. But what I find is I haven't even using the sequencer that heavy. I actually am using the looping capability and the ADSR, um, the uh, attack decay attack envelope on this machine, and it is very good at running very you know interesting patterns by using the LFO and using um, the ADSR. You can do very complicated patterns that are very interesting and have have. I've been actually focusing on that machine for weird atmospheric sounds and drum sounds. I haven't fully explored what my um, Arturia B, um, uh, Mini Brute can do. A lot of the time I'm using it as a conduit for my Eurorack modules because I have it connected to a Rack Brute. And inside the Rack Brute, I have the Mother 32 and the DFAM. So in a lot of cases, the DFAM and the Mother 32 are kind of driving the process, but I also have a uh, make noise math module, which is very, you know, it's awesome. It has allows you to do a lot of cool modulation, a lot of cool control over anything in the Eurorack. And I have, you know, as I said, the Mother 32 and the drummer from another mother in the Eurorack. And there's very interesting things you can do by routing um, those signals into the the, the, um, the math module. I also have, which is a really cool thing to have in the Eurorack, is a four four by two uh, mixer 
from uh, Pittsburgh um, modular Pittsburgh instruments. Uh, and it's really cool because what you can do is you can you can bring all your signals from the from the from the rack group and then control the levels what's coming from the DFAM, what's coming from the mother 32 what's coming from the math module and i also have a morphogene for make noise which is an awesome sampler they can do over three minutes worth of sampling and then kind of rip apart the sample uh, you can time shift it you can run it like a tape loop forward and backward you have a lot of control and what i found is you can play the filter on it you can kind of play similar to what you can do on a moog what you do with like a, a mini moog or one of the 32 or a dfam and you can use it musically to create patterns and you know uh like like, like melodies with with the sounds and you can kind of use it like another oscillator and i found that that's very useful and i've used it to a lot a lot of a lot of effect on a lot of tracks and um it just gives you a lot of cool sonic flourishing and that also is what what i do with the system 1m which is a, a behavioral modeling synth it's a desktop synth i have it out in a, in a rack in my setup and it creates a lot of really cool atmospheric sounds uh, that, that i use to great effect i control it with an arteria beatstep pro so i'm able to trigger sounds and sometimes i have run, patterns running um, in songs that are coming from that, they're very atmospheric, and um, you know they're just like flourishes, sonic painting type things. And I have a, a system one um, MX one mixer, so the MX one mixer is like my first step of of mixing, and all my instruments go into it, and I control their levels uh, in that before I send them all those signals into a Zoom R twenty four. R24 allows you to do all kinds of different mastering patterns and recording patterns, you know, mic patterns where you can do like dual mic, single mic, you know, master something directly to a master or go do it in different sonic profiles. I've been exploring a lot of the, the capabilities of my R24, which I previously had an R16. The R24 has a lot more headroom, uh, creates a better mix than the R16. Uh, it's not just... A, that it has extra track it seems to record at a higher level of quality and captures a lot of the signal especially with vocals uh it, it just pulls in a better vocal and part of the also the increase in my capabilities on my vocals i have a studio electronics microphone uh, on a tripod and i've been running it as a, its own signal and i convert it to stereo through my mixers so, you know, uh, uh, typically a microphone like like a studio electronics microphone, it's, it's a monophonic microphone. But when you route it into, I route it into like a VTO3 vocal transformer and that turns it into a stereo signal. Uh, and then, then I bring that into my MX-1 and I control additional uh, stereo effects and sonic profiles. And then I send it to my R24 and I can have additional Profile. So I have a lot of different sonic profiles I can do in my workflow through using the hardware. It's somewhat similar to what you can do with a DAW. I, I am limited in my choices, but I think sometimes the limitation in my choices, you know, it's restricted by what my hardware can do. But my hardware, you know, is, is, is using analog sense and, you know, really interesting 
you know, mixers like the MX-1 and the, and the Zoom R24. And so there's a lot of different choices you can make in those machines. Maybe not as many as you can do with a plugin, but I'm able to do a lot of cool things. Um, and some, you know, if I use my analog sense, there's a lot of interesting overrides with controlled voltage patching of the initial workflows of these semi-modular sense. And you can, you know, run a mic into a Moog and run through the filter. Uh, you can then do a lot of interesting analog processing uh, with that capability. Uh, I find it very interesting. And, uh, you know, just, I like having recording directly at the instruments um, because then I can just make choices based on the dials and the knobs and all the sliders in front of me. Instead of going into a computer and kind of using my mouse to find something, I can get the feel by just changing a dial immediately. And it's like right there and then I can just start recording live. Uh, and I like to put things down by actually playing the parts on, on a keyboard. And that might be a limitation to some people that are not keyboard players or not, you know, pure in, um, musicians. So they, they need to use alternative input methods to create their music. You know, but a lot of people use MIDI keyboards and they figure out how to do it. And then they re-edit um, in a DAW. I've been, uh, you know, staying away from the DAW as much as I can. I pretty much do everything in this hardware workflow. Everything is done on the Zoom, really. Uh, and then by the time I I get to any kind of service, I use Landar.com to, to master my stuff and publish everything that I do. It was like a shameless plug for Landar. But, yeah, they're, they're, they're my publisher. They're how I master everything. I do master things before it even gets there through, through my Zoom. But there's a second master that I do through Landar to get the quality up to be able to publish to, you know, all the streaming services. So let's do a little business. We are accepting uh, fan support now. You can subscribe to Fan Electric Ghost for a dollar a month, four, $4.99 a month, and $9.99 a month. This money will be used to help us um, continue our interview show with indie artists around the world. Uh, I, I Uber and Lyft, and this fund will keep me in the studio rather than doing that um, because any money we receive on there, then I don't have to go out and do the Ubering, which I don't mind doing because it helps me buy my gear. But if we could get some fan support, we're also interested in doing, using the fan support so we can do product reviews and get that process going. We want to start reviewing uh, all kinds of electronic instruments uh, we're very interested in uh, the Moog grandmother. If Moog is listening, we'd like to include that on a Fan Liquid Ghost song. It would be cool if they would help us out with that. We are also interested in the Prophet X. We're very interested in Analog Solutions new sequencers and their, um, their, their fuse box, which we think is an awesome machine. Uh, we've been looking at um, the Theravox which we find is an awesome instrument that would be something we want to, you know, use as a lead instrument. We think it provides like a Pink Floyd psychedelic guitar focused um, input for a keyboard player. It's a very interesting machine. I've seen it at a knob, uh, Knobcon. Uh, it is based on a French um, synth. It has, it doesn't have a traditional keyboard. It, it has like a, a metal 
key, keyboard it doesn't actually move it has the indentation it has the basic note patterns of, of a keyboard but they don't physically move it's just like all metal and then it has a string that goes across the length of the keyboard with a ring and then it has pedal controllers i think it only has two oscillators and it allows you to do through foot pedals and other input uh, methods like the, the pressure buttons on it to bend notes kind of like a, a pedal steel guitar but it's a synth and it, to me, I, I'm always looking for new alternative methods of uh, playing because, you know, being a keyboard player, it's cool to play a keyboard, but synthesizers sometimes you know, lend themselves to playing in different ways. And this brings like more of a, a really guitar focused way of playing or even a violin way of playing a synth. And it has it seems to have a really cool vibrato, vibrato and uh, pitch bending capabilities, note bending capabilities. And so I find it very interesting. And so we're looking for, you know, the fan support. And we're also interested in a co-host to do interviews for indie artists around the world. You can send me a voice memo through Anchor, Anchor FM or your favorite fan like the ghost. And you can send a direct voice memo if you want to have your band uh, involved in this. And, and also not only promote your band, but talk to other other bands around the world and other um artists because i think when you talk to other artists it always helps uh to get different viewpoints on recording and um music and different genres and this communication with different artists is always a good idea so we'll talk to you guys later and thank you for listening
Yeah. <laughs>